Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Mostly Photo is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Mostly Photo with Lisa Bettany, Leo Laporte, and Trey Ratcliffe. Episode 5, recorded April 19th, 2011. Sharing your photos. Mostly Photo is brought to you by Ford and the 100% reinvented Ford Explorer for 2011. With its thoughtful design, room for seven passengers, impressive cargo space, best-in-class V6 highway fuel economy, and available sync with my Ford Touch, the 2011 Ford Explorer is perfect for your adventures with the family. For more information and to RSVP for our upcoming photo walks, visit MostlyPhotoAdventures.com. And by... Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to squarespace.com slash mostlyphoto. And be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to 20% off. It's time for Mostly Photo, time to talk photography. The show that's designed for everybody who's interested in digital photography and wants to get a little bit better. Uh, we've got some great, as always, some great photographers in the house, starting with Lisa Bettany of Mostly Lisa. Hi, Lisa. We're actually having a passionate discussion about mall photographers on Skype right now. Mall? What's a mall photographer? Don't ask, Leo. <laughs> I think you can guess. Sears photo. Glam glamour photos. Oh, photos. I got it. Okay, everyone's going to make a living. Nobody in, yeah. yeah. Nobody in this room is a mall photographer, right? Hey, I think about my good friend Mikkel Olin, who started off doing uh, county fair photography in a little, you know, when it was still film in a little dark room in a, in a little van. He made a great book out of it, too. I mean, amazing shots. I mean, like Deanne Arbus shots. So, you know, I bet you can get some really weird family photos from mall photographers. Awkward family photos. Awkward family photos. <laughs> that's, that's Trey Ratcliffe. Trey is, of course, the fantastic photographer at StuckInCustoms.com, an HDR expert. He's got the HDR videos, both free and the DVDs you can buy, who are really just spectacular. He taught us all how to do HDR. And is the author of 100 Cameras in One, an iPhone app. There's a great iPhone app. If you got, Well, I'll talk about it in a second. This new Photosynth app. I've got to show you this. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. But Trey, yeah. we've got a we've got a stranger in the in our midst. Tell me <laughs> yeah, about tell that? me about RC Concepcion. He is dark and handsome, isn't he? He sure he is. is. Awesome. He's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so RC is pretty well known to a lot of people in the in the photo community, especially the Photoshop community. Um, he has uh, a, a podcast that he runs on photography. He is the editor of Layers Magazine. Um, he's one of the generals in Kelby's empire, and here's something that's he's You're probably too about humble Scott, to say. Scott Kelby of uh, the Photoshop Wiz. That's right. Yeah, and he's probably too humble to say this, but they put out this kind of casting call, and thousands of uh, people wanted to apply to be one of Kelby's teachers in NAP, and RC won the whole thing. He has got the most gentle delivery. He really empathizes with people. He's a great teacher. And so out of these thousands of people, he was the winner. And now he's one of the, the major components of, of Scott Kelby's empire. And you'll great? see why he's so great in a minute. 
And I'm sure Scott will start paying you any day now, RC. Really, <laughs> swear to God. At, at some point, it comes in. It comes <laughs> in, but it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Thank you for joining us. You know, Thank I think that's one me. of the things we look for. And I, I know Trey, uh, it fits the mold. At least it fits the mold. It, this show is not a, a show about enthusiasts talking about all the money they spend. It's really about learning to get uh, to be a better photographer. And so, getting teachers on. People like you, RC, who are really good at, at, at teaching is so important to us. So we're really glad we could uh, we could uh, get you on here. Well, I'm definitely glad yeah. to uh, be on. So that's, it's good. It's and good. It's RC's good site is aboutrc.com if you want to learn more about RC. And he's got some great pictures on this site. It's really in his blog and everything. I think yeah, I do, I do a lot of experimentation with HDR and, you know, the two passions that I have right now are really working with getting photographers online and in teaching HDR from a post-processing point of view. So that's, that's a lot of the focus that I'm doing on right now. That's great. And actually, that's the focus of the show today, getting your photos online and really encouraging people to share your photos. And if, especially if you're just learning and you want to grow as a photographer, getting your photos online and getting feedback and learning to edit your photos, these are all skills that can really help you develop your photography skills. Yeah, in fact, we're going to, uh, we're going to show some photos online in a minute from our, <laughs> from our Las Vegas photo walk. By the way, a, a point uh, to note, we are going, you are going to be in New York City uh, April 23rd at the Fifth Avenue Apple Store for our third photo walk. Yeah, exciting. It's it's a big city, so it'll be it'll be exciting. I'm sure there'll be lots of stuff to shoot and share. Good. How fun. And yes, <laughs> sharing's important. I went to our I went to our mostly photo uh, group on uh, on Flickr and I was a little disappointed I didn't see more stuff from our photo walk, but I think like me, people take a little time to think about what they're going to put up there to process it. To yeah, and everybody's probably a little shy, also like me, of showing you know their stuff. Well, I know, I know, especially. I mean, my mom was on the photo walk, and and I said, oh, put up your shots on Flickr, get them up there, and it just, I think, it just takes a little bit of courage. And you know, my first shots on Flickr aren't great. Go back and look at them; they're they're nothing special. So, don't put that pressure on yourself. I mean, we're all learning, and don't we're be all scared. Growing. It's don't okay. Scared. <laughs> we won't yell at you. I yeah. I put my lousy pictures up. You could put your lousy. I mean. <laughs> So, uh, actually, I will show some of those pictures from the photo walk in Las Vegas. It was a lot of fun. And thank you to everybody who showed up. It was just a great event and, uh, and a beautiful evening in Vegas. Couldn't have been nicer, really. We have video of that coming up in a bit. But first, as always, we'd like to start with some tips. Lisa, are you going to do the tips? I would love RC to do the tips since he has a fantastic book on how to get your photos online. So I'll just pass it to him and, and he'll give you some amazing tips on how to get your photos online. And I bet number one is don't be shy. Number one is don't be shy. Actually, <laughs> um, one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting about what you just said, so this might be close to four tips, is if you're taking your pictures and you're putting your pictures online, if you're leveraging something like Flickr, make a separate section where you have a portfolio section. Everybody that's out there that's just starting, you're going to get into the process of shooting and you need to get into the process of sharing. So obviously sharing is key. That's how you're gonna get better at it. You wanna get people to you know, criticize your work and tell you what's good and tell you what's bad. So people are gonna expect that. So at the same time, what I would probably say is make a separate section where people can say, oh, these are his portfolio worthy shots and they can kind of separate what you're throwing out there for feedback 
versus what you're saying, look, this is my A-grade work that's over there. So making that separation, I think that not only helps people see you as a better photographer, it lets you see yourself as a better editor. You know, you get to go out and get to leverage the giant community and you get to show all of your portfolio stuff. So that's probably one tip. Very good tip, Sec yeah. yeah. Second tip, always, always, always include your contact information. When you start adding into the world of Flickr, into the world of online, you'd be surprised as to how many companies are out there that are going to want to take a look at your image and may want to buy that. And it shocks me to this day still that a lot of people go out and they put their images online, but don't put any means on how somebody can contact you with them. So it's something as simple as going into Photoshop. If you go to file info in Photoshop, you can go ahead and you can put in your name and you can put in your email address. And I would probably recommend something like a Google voice number so that people can contact you, but don't necessarily give out your actual cell phone number. So, so, so RC, um, through Flickr, there's there's Flickr mail. So somebody could just email you through Flickr mail, but you're actually encouraging people to put that information in in the metadata? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because what happens is you can't control what happens with your image once it's inside of Flickr. A lot of the times people can go in, just right click on the image, save it, put it somewhere else. And that image, whenever I put an image up, I'm pretty much under the impression that the image is gonna go live in other places. So to hedge my bet for that, I'm gonna go ahead and try to put as much information as I can inside of the image so that if it lands on somebody's computer and they go, you know, I really would wanna use this, let me see if I can make a best faith effort to try to contact this person to do that. If your name's not in there, they're not gonna contact you. Is that you. a good point, yeah. That's so a really that's... great point. And, and do you, um, you do this in Photoshop? Yep, yep, you can do that right in Photoshop. If you open up the image, you go into the file menu, and under the file menu, you'll see a section that says File Info. More often than not, if you're just having a regular raw image inside of a camera, you're gonna see exposure information, and it, it'll vary from picture to picture. But there's gonna be a section in there called IPTC. And in there, you'll see creator name, creator address, email. That's where you can go ahead and you can put in a copyright and you can say all rights reserved. Please contact me for more information. You can also put in some keywords and tags that you can also import into Flickr later. So now can you do this in Lightroom as well? You can also do this in Lightroom. If you're a Lightroom user, then absolutely. You have a metadata right. panel on the right hand side of your library module where you can go in and you can go ahead and put in, you know, creator name, copyright status and things like that. That's, That's a great tip. It's, it's in, something in that I, I haven't, um, I just started to do actually, I just sort of figured this out and I just started to do that. But it's, yeah, it's such an important thing to do to protect your images because they will, they will, they will end up in strange places. So having that information right in the metadata, especially on Flickr, when you can, you can actually stop people from seeing your EXIF data on Flickr if you want. It's inside the preferences. But if you, if you want to show people, it's always nice to have the EXIF data because you know when other people are looking at it, they can see what exposure you used, the shutter speed, and that kind of thing. And it's great for learning. You but, said you said something uh, interesting, RC. You said put it in the IPTC uh, data. Is there, I don't. Does the EXIF have copyright information, or is it only IPTC was created by the newspaper people to 
to right. put, put yeah. that stuff it's in. Right, ex- EXIF information is going to have some limited information that's in there that's based on, you know, what you shoot. And anything that would be inside of the EXIF would be something that you would probably program inside of your camera itself. Right. You can go mm. into a camera menu and then put in, you know, owner, and it'll have some basic information, but it doesn't have a lot of the detail that you would see with something like IPTC. So a lot of the times, that's what I tend to use when I want to be able to add a little bit more copyright information. Would you do both? I guess you'd... you'd oh, I, yeah, you absolutely could yeah. do both. And if you look at things like Lightroom or in Photoshop, you can actually build a series of presets in there where you can go in, type in all of this information, and you save all of this information inside of one spot, and then you highlight a series of images. Once you have the images selected, you just go here, add this, and it'll add all of that information in just one click. And it's still kind of surprising that people don't do it, despite how easy that actually is. Well, RC, there might even be an easier way to do it. And you probably know this because you're master of all Adobe products. But if you set it up on your import so that it automatically applies this preset to everything that comes in, you can fill out all those little fields. And it has repercussions that you don't even realize because not only is it embedded in the EXIF, but whenever you end up much later uploading one of those photos to Facebook, embedded inside of there it will say like from trey ratcliffe at www.stuckincustoms.com so you don't even have to think about it it's it's just automatic Mm -hmm. and that's one of those things that you can start doing once you know the concept of where it is how to be able to add to it then you can start making it you know automating and getting it faster and getting it faster you can get it in on import you can go ahead and you can add it on mass inside of lightroom or inside of bridge but the key point is just get that information in there that's going to help you quite a bit it's not an anti-piracy move it's just to give the honest people a chance to get a hold of you and say hey exactly yeah you're just all you're doing is hedging your bets at the end of the day somebody's going to rip off your image. It's just one of those things that comes with being on the internet. However, if you want to be able to try to hedge that bet and make sure that they can try to get a hold of you, that's the best way to be able to do it. That's now, a good point. I talk to a lot of pros who say, I'm not going to put anything on the internet but tiny little thumbnails because they're a bunch of ripoffs on the internet. And I keep saying, yeah, but how are people going to see how good your images are? I look at your site, RC, and you, get, you put the images up there. They're gorgeous. Uh, you, you have to accept the fact that... Some, <laughs> wow. I love these. That sometimes these images are going to get ripped off, but but trust that if you put the right stuff out there, that people will value your work too, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's 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 that thing, and I think that that's one of those things that I have to really tip my hat over to Trey for what he does because he really is a proponent that's out there to go. All right, you guys can use my images; it can they can yeah. distribute and. He's been able to very, very successfully convert that stuff so people do get back to him. And and I think that that kind of leads to our third point. When you put a lot of stuff out there, you want to be able to make sure that you go where the pirate, where the party is at. Where the pirate is at. Yes. <laughs> pirates are. Are. Go where the pirate's at. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip. <laughs> I, tell, I tell people a lot. You know, you're gonna build. You're gonna build a blog, and the first thing that you're gonna need to be able to do to get, build a blog is generate visitors, generate traffic, generate views. And what happens with photographers is they turn around and they they usually go the SEO right. Well, if right. I can tag this or categorize this or try to get up on Google, and usually my response to that is generally like, you know, people don't go to your website to view pictures. People go to Flickr to view pictures. So if you take a picture of a carnival, and you put it on Flickr. Tag it with the word carnival. Then in the description, you turn around and go, hey, look, here's a really really cool picture that I took of a series that I did in a carnival. You want to read more? Come back to my blog. Now you're capturing people that are going out to Flickr 
to be able to see stuff and you're bringing them back to your site. That kind of stuff generates more views for you and it takes you where the party is and where the pirates are. So you're saying have your own site. It's fine to put it on Flickr, Facebook. I mean, Trey does these great uh, for my Facebook friends images. He does a daily, but he also does those daily images on his site. It's important to have your own site when you do this. Absolutely, absolutely. It's one of those things where, you know, things like Facebook and Twitter and, and going out to all of these other ancillary places are really, really good for you to be able to kind of get the message out. But you kind of want to bring them home. Right. If you want to monetize this to buy prints, you want to bring them home. If you want to do this from an ad revenue later as you get bigger, you want to bring them home. So it's all about bringing them back home. And your blog is where it's at. That's you, where you want to be able use, to bring um, Do you do your own site? Uh, do you have, I mean, Trey's a programmer, so I bet, Trey, you craft your own site. Yeah, I have my own installation of WordPress, um, yeah. and we have a team that helps manage that. But you're you don't a geek. have to go as hardcore. Yeah, you don't have to go as hardcore as I do. There's uh, uh, many uh, cheap or free solutions for getting yourself uh, online. I, I use uh, SmugMug. I switched I love from SmugMug. I let them do my gallery. As part of the WordPress site, so it's it's it looks like it's part of my site, but it's really SmugMug's gallery. Yeah, and I, I pay for SmugMug because yeah. it's a uh, you know you can it, you don't really have to pay for Flickr, and you know five years ago you you would have thought Flickr is going to last forever, but now you know with mm, Yahoo you really don't know, yeah. and you worry about it a little bit. You know, there's yep. Backupify and some of these other uh, backup things, but you worry about putting your entire uh, artistic self in the hands of somebody else, and that's very, very scary. So, so um, I do it all myself. Um, I since SmugMug is a paid service, I have faith that they'll continue to deliver deliver my images. Well, and you can copy. They they have a service where the raws get put on Amazon's EC or uh, S3 servers. So you got like this double. It's a it's even better for backup. Yeah, they're super fast. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a full smug mug review. I love those guys. I just checked the stats um, recently, and smug mug is serving up over 175,000 of my photos per day. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so every day, and all this comes off Amazon S3. It's yep. super fast. Um, we never have a problem with those guys. And uh, now I still use Flickr also. I put my stuff everywhere. Well, you got to go where the people are. Yeah, I put my stuff everywhere. But like RC said, he made the. I think that's the best advice for people who are just starting to share online: is don't just put your stuff on those servers. Bring it back to your own blog because you need to have your blog, your brand, your name be the epicenter of your yeah. photography, and you can't count on people going to see your stuff on Flickr or SmugMug or these other places. Have your own brand, your own extension of yourself online and that's uh that's one of the secrets to success i think what do you use uh, rc for your do you do your own roll your own yeah i actually i actually roll my own and that was one of the things that i did with uh the first book that i just wrote which was uh get your photography on the web a, a lot of the times people it would shock people to know that a lot of the photographers that are out there now are using the wordpress platform to be able to do this and i actually come from a programming background so i can code i can do flash ah, i can do those okay. kinds of things okay. and I, when I first got here, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start teaching with Scott Kelby. I'm going to start teaching Flash and programming and this and that. And he's like, why don't you just teach them what you would do 
to get online step by step. And I'm like, well, I probably would go to GoDaddy. I probably would set up an account. I probably set up WordPress for free. And that's where that book came from, which was just start to finish how to be able to build everything right on there for free. Like right now, if you go on to my blog, you have an entry, one of the first entries that's there. If you click on it, you can actually buy images right from there. So, oh, it looks you, like you do your now. you do your own uh, uh, e-commerce, or do you? No, you partner with somebody else, you and that's that okay. you, you leverage this. There's a company out there called Photomoto, F O T O M O T O. You can buy a WordPress plugin, install it on your install it on your WordPress installation. You click on an image, and it'll automatically go ahead and it'll put in buy this print it takes care of all of your e-commerce functionality they print it they ship it they partner with other print companies obviously they're going to take a cut to be able to do this but you do zero so it's one of those things where it's like a free installation you can manage all of this stuff on your own and it kind of gets you started with getting your presence online and it's actually very easy to do yeah that's one of the things i like about smug mug same idea where the smug mug mm -hmm. gallery you could buy mouse pads you could buy very they do it I, I, trade. I would. Do you agree? They do a very nice job with the color prints, the large format prints, and so they forth. do. Um, they do amazing prints. I don't. You're looking get my for somebody who does. There, you're looking for somebody who does good uh, prints, of course. Yeah, they they use Bay Photo, and they really are beautiful prints. I don't get it done because of lack of quality. I just have a, a different system. Right. But um, this is maybe inside baseball. Maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but the Smug Mug guys told me that they make most of their revenue off of prints. Because what happens is, and I never even thought about this as a possible business model, but there's a lot of um, soccer moms that have cameras, right, right? Right. And they go take pictures of the soccer games or ballet performances or whatever, and then they dump all these pretty nice pictures. I do up that on the web, and I give right? that, and I give everybody in the on the team the link. They That's buy, right. and you don't print the images; you let them print their own images. Right, and then you make all the money. It's, well, uh, you don't have to. In fact, I, some of it. I don't add a, a markup to the Smug Mug prices, but Smug oh. Mug makes all the money. Absolutely. Smug Mug does You're it right. as well. Okay. On well that's you fine with me. I could if I wanted to. Yeah. You get to choose the markup. Right. Well, I'm going to try to persuade both of you to change to Hover.com from GoDaddy. And to, these are our sponsors, and to Squarespace.com. <laughs> but I'm going to. But I, I want to make sure you're done with your tips before I start talking about Squarespace. Well, actually, that, that was all of the tips kind of merged all together in one tip wad. So <laughs> giant tip wad. Thank you, RC. Great tips. Oh, really good tips. And, uh, you know, I absolutely would concur. Uh, while you should absolutely be where the uh, audience is, whether that's Flickr, SmugMug, uh, you know, uh, there's so many places, uh, uh, Zoom, uh, there's so many places you can store photos. Put them everywhere. But you do have to have your own website. And when it comes to making your own website... Uh, a little more modern, and by the way, a little bit easier. These guys are programmers to set up a Squarespace site. Squarespace is fantastic. A lot of photo pros use Squarespace now. They've got great gallery software. If you go to the examples and take a look at uh, the photography examples, you see a ton of photographers, many, many well-known photographers, who are using Squarespace for their portfolios. Not only they look good, but they give you all sorts of additional capabilities. Uh, it's very simple to do. Squarespace is the secret behind exceptional websites. And if you go to squarespace.com slash mostly photo right now and click that green button that says make, make your own site, uh, you'll see how easy it is. In fact, for free, you can make your own site for the next two weeks. Get the full access to the Squarespace backend, which is about the best content management system out there. 
unlike something like your own roll your own WordPress, which is fine. It's uh, tricky. It's, it's tricky. tricky. And keeping it secure is tricky. There are constant security updates. You have to monitor it. This does, it all happens in the background because Squarespace is both the hosting and the software. Click the button. Try it free. For 14 days, just give it a site name, a password, an email address, in case you forget the password, a CAPTCHA. No credit card needed, and you can even import from your existing WordPress site. They have a full import tools for movable type, WordPress, TypePad, and Blogger, which include not only all the text, all the posts, all the images, all the links are preserved, but even the commenting, it all gets imported over. And if you decide not to stick around, you can export it right back out as well. Great iPad and iPhone apps, statistics to die for, Beautiful templates, so even if you're not a CSS wizard, you can get a great-looking site. <laughs> By the way, if you are, they, they do support CSS and JavaScript and everything else, too. Squarespace.com slash MostlyPhoto, the secret behind exceptional websites. Try it free for the next two weeks at Squarespace.com slash MostlyPhoto. I had to get that plug in uh, because <laughs> I agree with you. You've got to make your own site, and there are lots of ways to do it free if you don't mind other people's ads on there, and there are ways to do it if you, if you guys know what you're doing. I run a WordPress site myself uh, just I so I can keep up with it, but it's a lot, it can be a lot of work if you don't want to do it. Oh, Squarespace that. is great. I don't have any problem with Squarespace at all. In fact, my very first blog, I think over five years ago, was on Squarespace. Wow, really? And, uh, yeah, way back in the day. That's before they got cool. They're um, cool now, boy. They got, what did you see the new Squarespace 6? It comes out soon. That's all <laughs> I can say. So if you're a photographer and you know nothing about tech, which is frankly most right. photographers, right. Um, you can jump on something like that and be up and running in no time. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's amazing what you can do now to get online. You almost have no excuse anymore uh, to share yourself online. I think that's the See? key. Yeah, I think that's, that's the, key. the key. That is absolutely the key point. It's it's like we're all approaching it from different pieces of software, but at the end of the day, it's really that one component. You're a photographer. The portfolio, the actual static portfolio that you ship out or carry around is slowly going away. It's not gone, but it's slowly, slowly going away. And your representation is the Internet. So by however way you do it, whether you do it rolling your own on WordPress, whether you do it on Squarespace, whether you do it on SmugMug, you need to do something. And I think that that's the important point here. RC, I'm going to spring, spring something on you real quick. I, sure. I want to make sure we do this. Every time we get photographers on... Uh, I want to make sure we show their work because we, you know, we talk, we do a lot of talking, but uh, <laughs> showing the work is also really important. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to just pull up, this is from aboutrc.com. Yeah. Uh, these are some of the, uh, unfortunately, the screen is not quite big enough to get all of them, but some of the amazing images. Actually, here, just do this, zoom all the way up to the top. Okay. And then just uh, here, press just that red button the there. Yep. Hey, yeah. full screen mode. I like that. I'm liking that. Is this from China? No, that's actually about an hour north of New York City. Just gorgeous. Which is, uh, it's very interesting. This is a, it's near the Fishkill area in New York, and it's probably the largest Buddhist monastery. It was out there with my buddy oh. Rick Salmon, and we were doing some uh, photography. Rick, Rick wants to, to be on the show, too, by the way, Lisa. We should, oh, we, awesome. We should get Rick on. He's a, another great HDR uh, wizard. How do I go to the next picture? Just uh, pick a section. Places we just did. How about people? What do you like taking pictures of most? I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of taking pictures of people. You're so good so at it's, it. It's, it's one of those things that I really, really appreciate. I, actually, if you hover over to the right. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. There you go. Look so at these. Wow. It's, it's one of those things that I really like capturing moments with individuals. So 
as much as I experiment with a lot of different types of images, it's it's the person that I usually come back to. This is HDR, obviously, and I like what the, what happened to the sign here. Did you add grit to that, or did it just come up no, when you that, pulled up the HDR? That was actually a very very gritty sign. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the, the color just got really amplified with right. with the use of HDR there. So beautiful. Oh, I love that. Now this <laughs> is in your studio. Daughter. Is that your daughter? Yeah, that's my daughter and my wife actually. Your wife's a ballerina. It's Yes, yes. Actually, the picture behind me that's over there, that's, wow. that's, that's her oh, as wow. well. She's, she's always watched. I didn't take that picture. My friend Joe did. So, that's but it's, so beautiful. It was one of those things where I went out and I tried to, I wanted to be able to capture a moment where my daughter was kind of hanging in between my wife's legs. And we tried for as long as we could to make it work. <laughs> and she was just, she wasn't having any of it. So tripod's down, the studio's all set up, and we're about to give up. And we're just like, you know what, we're done, we're done. I have the, my finger on the trigger, and my wife, Jen, decides to kind of stretch her legs while she's working. And she just goes on point. And as soon as she goes on point, my daughter looks up to see what she's doing. And I just have the trigger in my hand, and it's just click, just one shot, one frame, the only thing that I got out of it. So, but one's enough. Yeah, one's enough. One will do it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm done here. <laughs> Lightning's not going to strike twice. <laughs> That's always an important point about photography. The great photographers are both patient and lucky <laughs> in equal measure, Patience right? Patience is so important. <laughs> and you get lucky because you're patient. Mm -hmm. And persistence. Like a lot of the times, a, a lot of, uh, there's a, la a landscape photographer, a guy that I follow named Bill Fortney, and he works for Nikon, and he has some phenomenal, phenomenal images. And I remember him having a conversation with us, and we had asked, you know, how do you get to be a really, really good landscape photographer like that? He said, you know, you just have to accept that at one point or another, you're going to get skunked. It's like fishing. You're going to go out, you're going to try to get something, and there's going to be some times where you're just going to come back and you're going to be like, you know, I gave it my all and it didn't work, but I'm going to go out tomorrow I'm going to try it again. And the more and more you try, the luckier and luckier you're going to get. Yeah. Luck, luck is really uh, made. It doesn't just happen to you. Yeah. Well, great images at aboutrc.com if people want to see uh, more of RC's uh, amazing <laughs> Images. Now we are. Hey, Leo, can I ask a question of uh, of Lisa and RC here? Sure. And this is sort of this has to do with uh, your photos online. I'm curious about their opinion. I, I bet I know what yours is because uh, you're in a different medium than photography. But I think before you start extending your artistic self online, you kind of have to question your premises of why you're doing it. Um, you also have to get really philosophical about it because I see a lot of people start doing it for the wrong reasons. The, I think the only right reason to start sharing your stuff, your, your stuff online is because you just simply want to share it. You have this little magical creation and you want to share it with the world. Your motivations for going online, I think, should never be uh, A, to make money or B, to get famous. Um, I think anyone that goes in with those as their most important uh, priorities, they always fail or they get disappointed. And I think the way Leo has kind of built up his uh, Machiavellian empire here is simply, <laughs> is simply because he loves technology and he just likes talking about it. Right. And I think these are the most successful photographers that just love doing this and they just love showing it to the world and sharing their experiences with the world. And if you come to it with that kind of purity, it'll make 
your online extension of your natural self so much more successful, so much more fulfilling, and then you can start worrying about these logistical steps of what service do I use and that sort Good of stuff. Point. So yeah. there is sort of this first step that's important, I think. Just get it out there somehow, anyhow, and, and from the right point of view. Because people can tell if you love it, you're doing it because you love it, or you're doing it because you're trying to get something out of them. By the way, I love your black and white stuff, uh, RC. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, I just think black and white is such an incredible... Uh, it was it's, it's one of those things where sometimes it's like uh and, and you know what one of the things that i think I, i'll say about some of these is some of these are actually hdr black and whites that's actually my wife again she's um, very flexible this <laughs> this looks like an ansel adams i mean but you didn't use the zone system this must be an hdr yes that is an hdr and it's one of those things that that i'm really excited about uh playing with now because it, i i spent a lot of time teaching hdr as trey does and in the process of all of it, I kept looking at really, really bad HDR, and I'm sitting there, and I'm <laughs> like, I wouldn't say that it's bad, but it's just really weirdly processed. Over the top, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. And one of the things that I found that was really, really over the top was it wasn't that it went crazy, but that certain areas got more exposure than other areas did. So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, well, that's exposed differently from that area. That's exposed differently from that area. Well. If it's just different exposures of one area, how different is that from the zone system, but just like a digital representation of this zone system? What if we take the HDR, really whack it out, and then convert it into a black and white, and you start getting some really, really interesting tones there? So I'm really excited about what's, what's happening there with that. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that's exciting. We should do a whole, I think we need to do a whole episode on black and white at some point. Hey, Lisa, have you done any black and white HDR yet? No, I haven't. And to be honest, I don't shoot black and white that much at all. I, I just, I, I'm so in love with color and I tend to veer it more in that direction. And I don't know that, I feel that there's a stigma with black and white that people are only switching to black and white because their photo's bad. <laughs> yeah, been, you know, with is. people pictures, when people turn their picture, you know, sepia or black and white, it just seems like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't a great picture to start with, or the colors were off, or the white balance was off, and that's why they turned it to black and white. Interesting. We used to run, we used to, run to a lot of people that would just say, when in doubt, try black and white. <laughs> yeah. Just, say, just go, when in doubt, you're playing with it, when in doubt, just blur it out, turn it into black and white. But it's just one of those things where it's just... For me, it tends to work, and, it, and I tend to just kind of experiment a little bit with it. I'm actually a darker shooter than I am a lighter shooter. So for me, it tended to, I leaned a lot towards black and white photography. Um, but color is something that, that, that is only really res relatively recent for me when experimenting with HDR. So it, it, it's, it's good. We'll, we'll do a black and white episode. I, you know, I always, to me, if, if I want to highlight the... Uh, shapes. Then sometimes I'll look at black and white because instead of looking at the colors, you're looking at the, sh the the geometry of it, and that's when I get kind of interested in doing it in black and white. But I'd love to hear. I'd love to get some tips on that. Hey, we got audience questions for you guys. If you don't mind, would you like to answer some audience questions? Sure, sure. All right, we're going to do that in just a little bit. I do want to remind everybody that we are we've got our mostly photo finalists. You perhaps heard us talk about the fact that we. Uh, we wanted to get some winners in our Mostly Photo Awards, and uh, we've been doing that here uh, on, if you go to MostlyPhotoAdventures.com, you'll see our, Lisa picked them, the first three finalists. So these were submitted on Flickr. There were so many. It was, 
it was there were so thousands. Difficult. There were thousands and thousands of images, and to compare them, you know, some were landscapes, some were people, but these ones just really captured me. We I have really a lot liked of them. Items but there the were pool. so many, yeah. so many amazing. Thank you so much for sharing them, and we really enjoy looking at them. I had so much fun looking at them and commenting on them, and. So keep sharing. Yes. <laughs> and folks, this is your chance. You've got five days now through April 24th to pick your favorite photo. So you can do this on Twitter. It's very simple. You'll see the hashtag below each photo. So just use the photo hashtag for the photo you like. Mostly photo award one, mostly photo award two, or mostly photo award three. And then next week we will... Uh, we will uh, tell you who our winners are. Two awards will be given out each week. There's the People's Choice Award. That's what you're voting for, for the photo receiving the most tweet, tweets. And then I guess, Lisa, you and me and Trey and anybody else, who maybe RC, will help us with the Judges Panel Award. And each winner gets not only recognition on the show next week, but also a $100 Amazon gift certificate. So those are the three finalists in the People's Choice Award. I get, well, let me make sure I'm getting that right. Yeah. So you can pick the one you like, and then Lisa, I guess we'll pick the one we like. Yes. So two out of these people, maybe maybe somebody will get two hundred bucks total. If we if we if we agree, we should probably do this independently. That way, there'll be no collusion. <laughs> somebody can get rich. Well, two hundred bucks. That's like a lens. All the details, mostlyphotoadventures.com. And if you click the tab that says finalists, you'll see the three pictures, the three finalists. And uh, tweet the one you like the best. Um, you can tweet it to at Mostly Lisa, but we'll search for those hashtags, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Just, we can search for that. Yeah, hashtag Mostly Photo Award 1, Mostly Photo Award 2, Mostly Photo Award 3. Good luck to all three of our contestants. That's pretty cool. And, and, and if, So I don't want to be a judge, and I'll tell you, why being not? a judge is the worst <laughs> thing in the world. It's here's, hard. Here's the thing about judging, okay? Be because... It sounds great, right, to be a judge because you think, oh, my gosh, finally I'm respected and people think I'm a <laughs> the judge. Power. I'm good enough that people think I'm a judge. And so what happens is before, the, as the contest is going on, it's awesome because all the contestants are out there. They're, they're saying, oh, there's the judge. Isn't he cool? I hope he likes my stuff. And, and they, like, secretly email you and, and uh, you know, you have all this power. And, and then so everyone loves you before the contest before the judging, and then after the judging, only one person likes you, and everyone else <laughs> thinks you're an idiot. Uh. So it's the worst. Never be a judge. But you can find people that want to judge that don't, don't, don't know that yet. Well, if I you would look at it more as advisor. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you're an advisor to this. So here's what I want you all to do. I want you to go to uh, Flickr, and it's the Mostly Photo Group. Now, there's two. I created one with a space in it. Ignore that one. And the one that we want you to contribute to doesn't have a space. So most, I'll, I'll delete the other one. Mostly, and if you, actually I won't delete it yet. I'll have to rename it because uh, if you contributed to the other one, I want you to move your stuff over to this group pool. You want the one with thousands of pictures. <laughs> that means people knew better than I did. And you can easily join and add your pictures. And man, are we getting, I don't, at least it was so hard to pick. It was so hard. To so pick. many. I, I want to pick a theme for the next one so that it's easier to compare. Okay. It's so difficult to compare portraits and landscapes, and because they're all so amazing, and it's hard to pick. It's hard. Well, think about a theme before we go today. You'll have to have to say it because uh, you can submit any kind of photo, right? It doesn't have to be from your photo walks, right? 
No, yeah, it can be anything. So, Lisa, okay, yeah. if you want to pick a theme, Ooh. we're doing it again next week. You better pick a theme. How about we do landscapes? Okay, thank you. <laughs> we got a winner. <laughs> so, so take it. That was easy. Take a picture, a land, a landscape. A landscape or a landscape. cityscape, any kind of scape. Scape. Escape. Does it have to be new? Does it have to be something that you you start today and take, or can I it be something old? We should encourage that because I think we want to get people out there taking pictures. Yeah, I think it should that be either be cool. something new or something that you've newly processed. Yeah, don't don't give us your best picture from five years ago, folks. This is about you getting out there and taking new photos. So new photos, illustrating a landscape or a cityscape, escape of some kind. Once you take that picture. Tag it with the word landscape so we know that you've submitted it for next week's contest and uh, upload it to the Mostly Photo group, No Space. Mostly Photo, No Space. And good luck to uh, our three contestants. Uh, these are uh, beautiful pictures. Those are nice shots. People are good. They are. I'm, I'm constantly, every time I go on Flickr, I'm constantly amazed at what people are doing. And, you know, not everyone has... A really expensive camera, and they're still doing amazing things. So, I think that's really amazing. Yeah, love it. It's these. nice, isn't it? See, I mean, I get so much inspiration from Flickr. It's really humbling to go on there and look at interestingness because there's so much talent out there. And I think it can do one of three things to you: either a, it can just depress you and think, "Oh my gosh, I'll never <laughs> be good enough. I give up." Right? Don't be like that. That's sorry. That's me. Or it can be like, <laughs> "I give uh, up." Well, my photos aren't like that. I do right. something different. And you kind of turn into like this bitter 12-year-old girl. You're like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing, and I don't care what Heck anyone else you. likes. <laughs> or you can be the third person, which I think is like Lisa and like all of us, where you're just inspired, and you think, oh, my gosh, it's so wonderful. I can't, I, I can't even uh, put words around how, how cool it is that everyone's creating all this wonderful art. And, wow, I get to be part of it, too. It's, it's a new age. It's wonderful. Yeah, it really is exciting. So we look forward to seeing your pictures. Get them up there. And thanks to all of our uh, contestants. I'm looking for that group right now. Yeah. Go to Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R dot com. Search for Mostly Photo, no space. That's it. RC, you can't enter. You're too good. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, there are some people who are too good. You, you, and you. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's move on. We've got questions. If you've got answers, our panel of photographic experts... Uh, do you want me to read the questions, Lisa? Sure. i got to have something to do. <laughs> Dear Lisa, this is from Chris in Denver, Colorado. I've been taking pictures for about a year now, but only recently have started publishing them to Flickr, Facebook, and my own site. Good. He's got his own site as well as links to my website through the other sites. I was surprised when a friend said his wife liked several of my pictures and would like to buy them. I plan on providing prints, most likely from... Uh, mpix.com, who I've used before and liked. But what is a reasonable amount, this is the crux of the question, to charge over and above what it's going to cost me for my photos? That's a great question. If you're selling pictures, question. how do you know what to charge? Go ahead, that's RC. One, that's, that's, that's one of those things where it's like everybody wants to be able to know the concept of pricing. And while there's no there's no absolute standard to be able to say, look, your print is worth, you know, $200, $250. One of the things that you need to be able to do is you need to be able to take into account a couple of different factors. One, are you going to want to get gear at any point soon? If you want to be able to buy really expensive gear, it would behoove you to raise 
your price or whatever number you're thinking, think a little bit higher. It, two, if you're doing this as a career, if you're doing this for, let's say, work, and this is going to be your only sole thing that you're going to be doing, then you might want to factor in, you know, cost of doing business and all of those kinds of things and then kind of bring yourself down to a specific price so that you can sell your images. If you're doing this as a hobby, then you usually, then whatever number you're thinking about is generally about right. I usually find that a lot of the times people tend to underestimate whatever, what they think that they should sell a print for. So if you were to go onto a Flickr site and you were to take a look at one of my images, I would probably say, I don't know, maybe $500, $600 for one image would be okay. However, wow, that's a lot. If, <laughs> however, <laughs> if you want to be able to, if, if you want to be able to do this, and you want to be able to start purchasing gear, you might want to adjust that number up or down. So, and it's it's one of those things where it's like it's sometimes it's really really hard for somebody to give a number out there, and five hundred buys just on the average usually starts a conversation. Lisa, like you had said, that's a lot of money, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to somebody and I've said, "How much is you know how much would you sell that image for?" And I'm usually sitting there going, "Um, uh." 500 and they're like oh that it and then i'm like say 500 so that's crazy i would i would think people have approached me to to purchase my images from Flickr, and i did not get that much money well that's what you have to, i guess there's a couple of considerations i mean what if if everybody laughs when you say 500 maybe it's a little high but i agree exactly. with you you could charge more than you think most people underestimate the value of their prints on, just to you give you can kind buy, of a quick, uh, like on, on stock images. But on it's not iStock. a stock image. They're getting yeah, the original, right? They're getting the one. And like, and I would say that there is also perceived value. If you say forty nine ninety five, <laughs> they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's like a stock image. There's an image. Uh, there's an image on my. I don't keep a lot of images in my Flickr portfolio. Uh, I think if you go to flickr.com forward slash about RC, uh, there's there. But there's a couple of images that are in there that somebody has contacted me on, and they said, "Listen, I'd like to be able to get a print on." And the first time that I sold the print, I sold it for about five hundred dollars. The second wow. time, I sold it for twice as much. Yeah. The third time, I sold it for four times as much. How big do you print these though? Too. Um, it, the largest size that I've printed on it were a couple of the panoramics that I printed. Uh, they were usually about four feet long. Now that's a good picture of Trey. <laughs> Isn't that a cool portrait of him? It's just fantastic. it's the merging of technology and the man yeah. right there. And, I, and if he weren't wearing the stripey shirt, I don't know if it would worked as well. But that stripey shirt really puts it over the top. That's fantastic. That's me entering the singularity. It is. You took the blue pill. <laughs> uh, no, I. So how big RC? I'm sorry. Um, the like some of the pictures that I did in the Flickr group for the Star Wars celebration mm -hmm. on the right hand side those those images were printed at about there's like a four and a half foot wide uh, panel that's there of a Tie Fighter of a full scale Tie Fighter. People will pay more for a bigger. I mean, it's stupid, but they will pay more for a bigger picture. Yeah. So I mean, that 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 uh, that's probably one of the larger prints that's there. The Tie Fighter, the full scale replica yeah. of the Tie Fighter. That that's a, that's is. a panorama, right, or something. Yeah, that's yeah. like. Four and a half, five feet wide. Right, that has to be printed that big. How much yeah. did you charge for that? Uh, that was probably a couple thousand. Lim and wow. but he did another thing that was smart. Limited edition, fifteen only. Limited edition. That's the key. 
And and you know what, Trey? That was the tip of the hat to you right there, my friend. Because it was one of those, remember, Trey and I were driving around, and he was talking to me about this, and he said, you know what? You want to be able to do this, and, and, and I don't, I'll let you talk a little bit about it if you want. Um, but it was limited edition. Like, at the end of the day, I said, there's only a certain amount of people that are going to buy this print. So why don't we just turn around and yeah. limit it, create a little bit of scarcity. And by doing so, you'd be surprised as to, as to how much worth there is in that. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Thank you. I have my stormtrooper in there, too. So that was a tip of the hat to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> we got some stormtroopers coming up in just a little bit. One more question from our fine audience. By the way, if you want to ask a question. You can, there's two ways you can do it. You can email mostlyphoto at twit.tv. Is that right, Lisa? Yes. I yes. have to scratch my head. And then you can also Twitter Lisa, because she collects these, at Mostly Lisa. Mostly Lisa. So hey, uh, Leo, on that last question, let me say something that uh, is kind of uh, not too intuitive. Um, and we could do a whole show on the business side of photography charge? and yeah. selling prints yeah. and yeah. this sort of thing. But uh, there's this wonderful book called uh, Predictably Irrational. Love that book. And um, Oh, yeah, so you know it. So... The thing is, with prints, it's really analogous to the book's example of a bread maker. And yeah, William Sonoma or someone, about 10 or 15 years ago, they put a bread maker into the, uh, into the store, right? It's the first time there was ever an automatic, automated bread maker, like a, a blender or whatever. And they had no idea what to charge for it because there had been nothing else like that before. So they put it out there for like $500. And nobody bought the thing because people would walk up to it and go like, oh, I... That bread maker is pretty nice, but I don't know if it's worth $500. So then what they did is they released a second bread maker <laughs> with a few less features, and they priced it maybe $450. So now people walk up to them, and they compare the two bread makers, and they go, well, you know, look at this one. You know, it's, it's got only a few more features, and it's only $50 more. <laughs> so anyway, whenever you anything for... Whenever you put anything for sale on the internet, you should have two versions of it, an unlimited edition and a limited edition, for example. And then people uh, will choose one versus the other, and they'll only look at the relative price difference rather than the absolute price. So you've kind of established with the low price the, the, the starting point. And if you make it just a little bit more, they'll go, oh, well, that's reasonable. That's only 50 bucks more for an exclusive. Right. Very smart trade. This is a great book, Predict Predictably Irrational. The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions. It's on Audible, but you can also buy it on Amazon. Dan Ariely, A-R-I-E-L-Y. Yeah, he talks about the pricing of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, yeah, the online example. versus print or right. both together for the same price. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Fooled yeah. me. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. Sucker. Question two. I'm making the switch from JPEG to RAW writes this anonymous. No, I guess it's Keith Bradshaw. It's not so anonymous. Uh, what quality setting... Large, fine, normal, medium, fine, normal. Do you recommend to get the best photos with the most possible shots and best post-processing capabilities? Biggest. He's, he's shooting well. He's shooting raw. I think that's the giveaway right there. Yeah, I think he should... Uh, he shouldn't I'm worry kind of about it. by the question. If he's in raw, I don't think he's he can no choice. choose fine or... Well, sometimes yeah. you can. It's you'll, maximum res. You'll see it on your settings, and what it really... That's a setting for the JPEG thumbnail that it's generating. Right, but raw right, right. is okay. always the same size, always the same quality. You're getting all of the image quality you don't have to worry about. I actually emailed him back said, just shoot raw and don't worry about JPEGs. In fact, I don't even render JPEGs. If you want to save space on your card, don't have the camera do a JPEG. You're working in RAW, you're going to be importing it in anyway. Is that right? Do you, any of you do, use JPEG? Some people, 
Some people I, shoot in both RAW and JPEG. There's a setting yeah. for do both. You, I'm yeah. not sure what you do, what Lisa? Do you shoot in RAW and JPEG? No, no, I only shoot RAW. Um, I can't so see any. Sure. The only reason would be if you had a camera where you wanted to upload from the camera or something. Maybe you're using uh, the iFi and you want to upload a JPEG to Flickr. But I, I think you're wasting space shooting a raw, you know, generating a raw thumbnail. Not only it, slowing let, things let down. your computer do it. Yeah, it's going to do a better let job. Let your computer do it. It's going to do a better job. And, and there's some instances where, let's say, like if you're shooting sports then probably you would want to be able to leverage shooting JPEG. But I know a lot of sports shooters that are, that are switching over to RAW just because of how fast camera cards are, do, are going now right. and how fast the processors on your cameras are, are actually shooting. So it's one of those things that it's going to happen inside of your program anyway. Right? You're going to open up Camera Raw. It's going to take all of that information. Lightroom's going to build the JPEG for you, for you anyway. So uh, just turn it off. Just shoot straight RAW. Don't don't get into having something else uh, clutter your workflow, clutter your card. And he did say, in fact, I want to get the most possible shots. So that's that, that JPEG is just filling up space you don't need to fill up. Well, mm -hmm. One question that I have is what, what type of memory card do you use? Because I've, I've never got a really expensive card. I just kind of use really? cheap ones. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I have never really looked into I it. Use, I, I just, use Kingston, uh, this Kingston Class 10. I don't know about you guys. What do, you, what do the yeah. pros use? I'm, I'm a Lexar. I'm Lexar's a Lexar good. fan. Yeah. So I use uh, Lexar 600X cards, which are really, really fast cards. And a lot of the times what people don't know with the cards is when you're shooting something, if you're out shooting, you can have a card. Let's say you have a 133X. If you're trying to capture something really, really fast, you can hit the shutter on your camera and you'll hear click, 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 click. All of those things are usually being processed by the buffer of your camera. Your buffer is going to get full at one point and then that information is being transferred over or being written over to the card. That speed, that 133X versus 600X is how fast that information is getting into the card. If you have a slow card, you're going to get to a spot where your buffer is going to be full and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I can't shoot anymore. And you'll hear the camera just kind of go click, click, right. click. So the faster the card, the faster that information can get into the card off of your camera, the more available shots you have. Of course, that depends on your camera. Some cameras are not Absolutely. as fast as your card. But if you're shooting with a high-end DSLR, uh, this, that's, you're spending some money, 130 bucks on that 16-gig card. But if it's, you're just shooting with, with a, a Rebel or a Nikon D70 or something like that, does it really make a difference? If you're shooting for something like that, I mean, I think that you, 300X could be something that's really, really good. I mean, you also have to think you can about check. the opposite side of it, yeah. where you can, um, the opposite side of it would also be the transfer rate getting into the computer. So right. it all right. depends. Reads faster, too. You know, I got a question. Well, first of all, let me ask Trey, what do you shoot with? Um, I use uh, Hoodman cards. Hoodman? Um, you're making Hoodman. that up. Nope. What? It's a small company, uh, but these are, they're, they're made out of steel on the outside. Wow. They're super fast, and these are some pretty hardcore cards. They're expensive, um, but uh, they never failed on me, and um, I love them. Uh, to Lisa's point, though, uh, you really don't need an expensive card nowadays. Even the cheapo ones uh, are great. Um, but I, I just, I go for the best sometimes. And um, I once put a CF card in the washing machine, and, and it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> You're just lucky. If you had a Hoodman, it would. Now, 
You're right. They're not cheap. They're also just a little bit faster than RC's card. I said I thought it said 600. Would it say 75? It's just a little 675. bit. 675. Well, it's got to be a little faster than RC's. <laughs> a Come little on. bit faster and uh, a little bit more expensive. Here's an 8 gig uh, SD for 159. Yeah, the price. See, I like them really now. Really at high. they're you know 29.99. Now, <laughs> well, here's an interesting like. question. Now, you shoot a 16 gig card trade. You also shoot 16 gig uh, cards, RC. No, I shoot 32 gig, uh, 32 gig 600x cards. Because I've seen also some pros, uh, maybe maybe times have changed. You say I'm not going to put, I'm not going to use a 32 gig card because I don't want to risk that many photos on a card. I want to use 8 gig cards, and I'll swap them because I want to make sure that if a card dies, I don't lose hundreds of photos. See, and and it's that's one of those things. That I was definitely in one of those camps, right? I had a lot of 8 gig cards, and. Little by little, I started transitioning over to 16 gig cards, and I was like, "Well, you know, I could use a little bit more space. I could use a little bit more Especially size." Especially as these image quality, um, image sizes go up. Yes, exactly. And one of the things that I notice with me, and your results may vary, obviously, I have had yet, I have yet to have a Lexar card go down no, you're or right. get corrupted yeah. on me. Yeah. So for me, they've kind of built this reliability. So I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. 16 gigs is fine. And then all of a sudden, I made the jump to 32 gigs. And I was like, well, this is kind of big. I mean, this is really, really big. But then when I started taking a look at the fact that I'm doing now video with yeah. photography, and all up. of a sudden, I'm like, you know, that doesn't, sound so, that doesn't sound so big anymore. So that's kind of what made me switch, going out on the field now and going, well, I'll take a couple frames of, you know, I'll take some video footage as well as some images. I'm probably going to need the space. I think I lose more pictures from swapping out cards than I would. It's that moment. It's always that moment. You're taking the picture, and then I've run out of space. Full card. Full card is the worst thing you can ever see as a photographer when you've got magic light. So having the space, especially if you know that you're going out and and doing a shoot, that you're going to need that space, and especially with video, you can fill up. You know, so what I shot myself, you know what I shot myself in the foot? Just, just to kind of uh, dovetail on that, Lisa. I get a full card. I'm sitting in a shoot, and I'm like, all my cards are in the car. Oh. Nothing's with me. So I start deleting raw files. I switch over to JPEG so that I could get more shots onto the card. I finish the job. The next job that I do gets shot in all JPEG. Oh, and I, and oh I get back. I've done that. It's the worst. Back and I'm like, oh. you've got to be kidding me. Oh. So the pain, <laughs> the pain. It's just horrible. I need a checklist. I feel like I need a checklist before I go pre- out of like all a pilot. these things. Pre-flight checklist. Yeah. Because this happens more often than not. You forget a battery or card is full. I I have the full card thing a lot because I after I import them on my computer, I, I leave them on the card for quite a long time because I'm always scared of losing things. So I'll put it in a full card. That's disastrous. Spare battery. That's also disastrous. Running out of batteries. The worst. <laughs> we got to take a break. Uh, we are running out of time, but I could just go on and on and on. So great to have uh, RC Concepcion here talking about photography. Trey Radcliffe, mostly Lisa also. Uh, this show brought to you by our good friends at Ford. We had a good time, didn't we, Lisa, at the uh, we did. photo walk. We drove up in our Ford Explorer. I actually have some, some pictures of the uh, Ford Explorer here. I'll show you while I talk about this amazing vehicle in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. We, uh, 
we went out and we shot uh, pictures at twilight of the Las Vegas Strip. It was so much fun. And uh, we jammed. I think you and your mom ended up getting in there. We How many people did we? We had seven people, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Plus all of our gear. There's Tony with his makeshift twit signs. Everybody <laughs> had to follow Tony. Look for the Explorer and follow Tony around. It was so much fun. There's Hilton, our camera guy. We got some great video, which we'll show you in just a bit from the shot. Of course, the Ford Explorer has that My Ford Touch, that big 8-inch screen in the center console. lets you pick your music, dial your phone, navigate everything. Oh, there's an Edge and an Explorer. Vegas is full of Fords. We were taking pictures. We started off at the Bellagio Fountains. And there's all the photographers getting their fountain pictures. We actually had two rounds at the fountains. We walked around and came back again after dusk to get pictures. One guy had an iPad. That was crazy. <laughs> all kinds of cameras. Not just point and shoot and DSLRs, but iPads too. And a little baby. He came along. He brought his baby, which was great. There's the storm He actually troopers. shot with his baby right there. Yeah, yeah, he did. He held the camera and his baby. <laughs> Stormtroopers got a lot of it. This, these are the people that Lisa edited out of her Stormtrooper picture. We'll show you that in a little bit. And then there was this fellow who brought his Polaroid SX-70 land camera and used up his last film taking pictures. So those were the two most interesting cameras, the iPad and the Polaroid. You see all sorts of strange things on the strip in Las Vegas, I have yeah. to say. But the fountains were so gorgeous. We had so much fun. We thank everybody for coming. There's the gang. I think, what, 50 or 60 photographers, uh, and they all loved the Ford Explorer. you got to love it, too, with that 3.5-liter V6 standard engine, 290 horsepower, 255 foot-pounds of torque. They just love that thing! Lots of room for gear, too, for your family <laughs> adventures or your photo walks. Ample seating, cargo space for passengers. we got seven uh, of us in there driving around with all of our gear. Beautiful exterior, clean and modern, and the interior is great, too. That's me and Bob Heil. Uh, we had so much fun in Las Vegas for our photo walk. So we, we thank Ford for making that possible. And we invite you to take a look at the all-new, 100% reinvented 2011 Ford Explorer. Uh, just head over to a Ford dealer near you and try it. And when you're there, uh, take a look at the Ford Sync. It, actually, it's my Ford Touch, so it's got the 8-inch screen in the middle console there. The little screen's behind the steering wheel. You can use touch or voice to do everything. Um... Just an amazing vehicle. You'll find out more at MostlyPhotoAdventures.com. And while you're there, RSVP for our next photo walk, which is April 23rd, New York, New York, at 5th, the 5th Avenue Apple Store. We'll start at 4 p.m., but you've got to RSVP. I don't want you just showing up because we want to make sure we have enough prizes and, and stuff for everybody. Lisa will be there. I will not be there, but Lisa's going, um, and uh, I'm kind of jealous. Actually, she gets to do all the fun stuff. Mostly photo. <laughs> adventures.com and don't forget while you're at the mostly photo adventures site to uh, tweet your vote for uh, your favorite um, finalist here in our photo thing lots of great photos here from our photo walks so there's a few up here it's fun so much fun thank you to ford and the 2011 ford explorer ah do you? I think we're running out of time. Maybe I should just show this video from our photo walk. Uh, sure. And we can do what's in your bag next time. We kind of started what's in your bag just talking about memory cards by that by itself. That's a yeah. what's in your bag, isn't it? The memory card showdown that we just had. <laughs> Hoodman, <laughs> give me a break. Well, until you I, put it in the wash and it still works. Then you know. That's the test. That's the test. <laughs> Hoodman. How much is a 32 gigabyte Hoodman CF card? You can't oh, afford it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a lens. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pricey, but uh, they're good, you know. I'll tell if you who's selling good. your picture for $500, then you can probably right. afford it. <laughs> Think of it that way. Trey Ratcliffe is at StuckInCustoms.com, great place to go for HDR photography and more, and his daily photo, which is an inspiration. Actually, no, it's not. It shuts me down completely, and I, I, can't, I can't take any more pictures <laughs> as soon as I see it. I go, I will never be that good. I put up a picture of the Apple Store today. Of oh, the, good. Uh, the one on uh, where you're doing your photo walk. Oh, thing. good. Oh, cool. Just in case you're not intimidated enough. <laughs> Trey's HDR photography is truly amazing. Stuckincustoms.com. And if you become his Facebook... Oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. It is an incredible wow. building. It's a beautiful store. If no one's ever seen that Apple store... I mean, all Apple stores are pretty, but that one in particular, that's mm -hmm. uh, inspired. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have fun. 4 p.m., you're going to get, the, get the, the, the spring twilight and all of that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, really want to thank R.C. Concepcion for joining us uh, also. R.C., it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's great meeting you. It's great meeting you. Thank you for having me. Seeing your great stuff about R.C. is not about remote-controlled vehicles. It's about him. <laughs> yep. You can follow everything that I'm doing just right on the blog. That's awesome. About R.C. .com. Thank you for being here. Lisa, i got to show this. This is such a great picture of the Stormtroopers. <laughs> the funny thing is, there's no, you know, I, I was looking at it and saying, where did the drummers go? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like that. It's I okay to like do that. <laughs> it's okay to do that. She has some other great pictures. There's the, uh, wow. Ooh, that's nice. Isn't that pretty? Nice HDR. Oh, that's nice. This, this sky always fools me. It's painted on. Yeah, it is. But it's it always, very faux wow. fabulous. It's faux fabulous. That's <laughs> Vegas for you, baby. Really fun. Let's see. There's a couple more here. This was actually, was this on the photo walk that you took this? That was right before. Wow. You must have been in the standing in the street. Yeah, it's actually on the other side. Wow. So you, you can really look at the Bellagio or come from behind, and that was oh, from my, my room. hotel room. I like that. Is that time lapse? That's great. I'm not time lapse. Uh, uh, it's extended exposure. It's an HDR. It's an HDR. It's amazing what you can I do. learned everything from Trey. Of course. He got me hooked. <laughs> and if you remember, I used to be a complete naysayer on HDR. I used to... You did. I you were a hater. It's okay. I was an I HDR hater. <laughs> and now look at me. I can't stop. She's a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we will end this episode with a, a video from the a photo walk. Hilton Goring shot this as we were, sh as we were getting around. And uh, thanks to Tony for editing it. Thanks to you all for being here. And we'll be back... Next week, with uh, Mostly Photo with Lisa Bettany. And uh, thanks once again to Ford and the 2011 Ford Explorer for sponsoring the show, making it possible. Now we take you to Las Vegas, Nevada, where the photo walk is about to get underway. Well, here we are. You brought us somewhere very special for we're, our photo walk. We're actually Whoa. in front of the uh, Bellagio Fountains in Las Vegas, and we've got an amazing crew of photographers hey. here. Here for our second mostly photo walk. Hey, Tony, come here. This is how we're going to keep you all together. Just follow Tony with a twitch sign. <laughs> so what's first on the agenda? Well, the fountains. Let's grab the fountains while pictures. they're here. Yeah. Any instructions you want to give before we uh, try to shoot these? Well, you can either go for uh, a faster exposure and get the and fountains freeze and freeze them, or longer exposure, but then you're going to have to be on a tripod. Right. But we still got enough ambient light, so maybe... ISO 800 or, or 1600, you'd be able to get some of the ambient light and grab the fountains. 
All right. But grab so, them before they're gone. Yeah, let's get it while we before we lose the light. <laughs> you call this the magic hour. It is magical. Because we've got some ambient light, we're not going to have to go really high on the ISO. But I'm shooting at about, wow, <laughs> 1 100, about F5. And I'm at ISO 250. So I'm going to see what this does. photographers are very patient. I'm not a good photographer because I always say, I'll take that one and move on. But I was trying to get a you know, compose something with the skyline, the cosmopolitan, and the, and the fountains there in the background. I think having a wide-angle lens is really going to help you capture the whole picture. If you don't have a wide-angle lens, you're really going to have to come yeah, in close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah. Stormtroopers, everybody, let's get them! <laughs> Swarm the storm! <laughs> right. See, a video, you can't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> now they should show your shot where there's nobody in it. Look at this. Get the camera, get the camera over here. Analog. So what's, wow. your, what's your name? Mark. Mark is shooting with um, an SX-70, a Polaroid. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I like them. Do you actually take shots with a Polaroid? Yeah, until my phone runs out. I've got one pack left. That's awesome. Look at this. There's a, an autograph. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Oh, that's awesome. So later we'll see how that came out. That's fantastic. So where did you get the film? Was it lying around? or? I got the last three off Amazon about two years wow. ago. Wow. It's been in the fridge. So this is a big deal to using this. Thank yeah. you. Where are you finding this film? <laughs> that's uh, awesome. That's Look how beautiful it is. It came out great. Very cool. Beautiful shot. Yeah. That's really cool. Stop making that film. Enough stormtroopers, hot babes, and stone men. It's time to move to the Paris. This is a great shot here. This is where we got kicked out, remember? Yeah. They said you can't stay there. I actually hit the cop bike with my child. You did? Well, no wonder we got kicked out. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take three different shots. Okay. With... And then combine them together so that I can get both the light and the dark. Uh, okay. So you can go into your menu here and set your exposure. And I 
I know I've been I've been doing it on plus two and I'm finding it that it's not working as well. So I'm going to set it somewhere in between. <laughs> set okay. And now I've got these so it's going to take these three exposures self timer to 2 seconds. When I hit the button, it's going to take those three shots one after the other. So I don't have to reset. So I love how you're in the shot. Just <laughs> just don't move. I mean, there's everything from point and shoots that Polaroid camera to. I've know, had somebody shooting on an iPad. Shooting his iPad. He says the camera you got, right? Yeah. Now this will work. <laughs> it was a great bunch of people. We okay, really had a good time. Point at the car or something. I, I can't even see the car. <laughs> <laughs> We had a great time. Where's all the white women at? It's a bunch of bunch of uh, geeks, is what it was. I don't know. Were there any besides your, you and your mom, Lisa? I don't know if there were any women on the. Uh... Oh no. <laughs> we need more women. Well, women come out. Let's let's put it this way. Lisa's a better draw for guys than I am for gals. Let's just put it that way. Stormtroopers, that was my, that was my highlight. He had to start using Trey as guy bait. We'll talk yeah. about this, of course, uh, later in the what? show, but we do have a mostly photo group on Flickr. We invite you to post your photos there, and uh, we'll take a look, in fact, uh, when we come back uh, at some of the photos uh, from our Las Vegas trip. And thanks to Ford for providing the Ford Explorer and uh, and making this all possible with the 100% new, really new-designed uh, 2011 Ford Explorer. We thank you, everybody. And... Um, that's it from Vegas. Thank you. See you, everybody. Bye-bye.